Cusick. Not just a word, a movement, a mindset, and a podcast. Welcome to Fusick. Okay, welcome everybody to the Fusick podcast. For everyone who said I couldn't, I am your co-host Craig Miller, always accompanied by Mr. TJ McGinnis. What's going on? Good morning. Good morning to you, bright and early. Actually, it's not bright out right now, it's still dark. It's great. Uh, it's Friday. How you doing, Craig? I'm doing good. It's officially cold in Chicago. The high yeah. today, I think, is 44 on this beautiful Ooh. Friday. So, and we are we are in it now. In it now. I'm sorry to hear that, man. Well, usually we do a little banter back and forth, but I think it, it would only make sense to invite our guest in already. Yes. Do a little banter since he's one of the funniest people I know. What's up, Greg Batten? How you doing, man? Good morning, fellas. How are y'all? I'm doing Great. good, man. Doing good. Pretty early. I mean, you know, kind of could do this at any time of day. This is why I never do the Howard Stern show right here. This right? is why. This is exactly why. I <laughs> so he keeps Stern. asking you, but he does. He keeps bugging me. <laughs> good old Howard Stern. I, I think Howard is the best interviewer I've ever listened to, hands down. There's, there's no doubt. And, and you know, I'm, here's my struggle in life. I'm a Christian boy, uh, born and raised Southern Baptist, Florida boy. My guilty pleasure is listening to Howard Stern, but I kind of I get around that by praying for the guy when I hear him say some of the stuff he says. You know, Lord yes. forgive him, but he's, but he's funny as hell. Yes, he is. <laughs> so I can't stop. Greg, I, Greg, I know you pretty well, and that's not your yeah. own guilty pleasure, but... <laughs> <That's>, <laughs> That's I mean, a guilty place. One, one, you're friends with me, so I hope you pray for me as much as you pray for Howard. True, I do. That's I good. do. That's good. In, in mornings and the evenings, Greg. I pray for your wife, too, but she never comes over. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there you go. I appreciate that. I, I, I yes. feel the same about yours. Yours, oh. too, TJ. Nope. Hey, oh. <laughs> oh Zingers. So, as there's the line. Tell, I went, there's the line I went up to. All well, the good. I, I don't like to be left out, so thank you. Thank yeah. you. That's right. <laughs> As you can tell, guys, this is uh, this is Greg Batten, and uh, if you've never met him before, let's just the best way to describe him is his best friend is Larry the Cable Guy, and so that should tell you everything you need to know. Yes. Um, but uh, Greg, we, we appreciate you getting on this morning. I know you got a lot going on, and and thank you for taking the time to share with us. Appreciate the support you've had on the podcast and. Really, the support you've had with Colonial and, and everything else that you've done, but I want to turn over the mic to you today. Um, let us, you know, hear your few sick your for everyone who said I couldn't story, and then uh, obviously we'll have a couple questions afterwards. So the floor is yours, buddy. Take it away. Yeah, well, you know, when, when I first saw that acronym that you come up with, I was like, your email is a few sick at whatever dot com. I'm like, what is that few sick? I mean, is he some sort of? Is he in the medical? field when he's not doing colonial stuff or uh, you know he wants fewer people to be sick and i just didn't get it until <laughs> till one day you told me about it and you're like oh it's this brand i'm building and i'm like well, that's pretty cool um you know so i'm a 50 year old guy um my uh you know my, my my drives and desires are a little different now than they used to be um it's all about my family and and and, and building a stability for them instead of taken over the world but uh you know fusic to me i i was i was lucky i've never been told i couldn't so um i i probably have a little different slant on that you ever hear that craig oh yeah people would say yeah yes i, I mean love it uh, and you know I, I had good parents so I, I was always told i could probably do more 
<laughs> than I could actually do. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, I probably couldn't have been an astrophysicist. So, there's for everyone who said I couldn't. They were right about that deal. But uh, <laughs> I've done a lot of things for everyone who said I shouldn't. There you go. That's, a, that's you another. Uh, that's shouldn't. another T-shirt we can make. That's right. That's a different podcast. Yeah, that's a different podcast. <laughs> So I was I graduated from Florida State University. Kind of ashamed of that this year. Yeah, I'm sorry to hear that. Yeah, all that matters, you know, in this world really is college football. Oh, well, yep. Uh, it's, that's one of the most important things on the planet. So kind of bummed out about that. But graduated at 21 years old. Of course, I was going to be a lawyer and take the world and be the biggest trial lawyer uh, that the world's ever seen back then. And uh, that didn't work out because I hated school for, uh, after I graduated. I said, I, I can't do this again. So I did what every uh, pre-law major, political science major, uh, with an emphasis on law does. I graduated and I opened a boot store, <laughs> cowboy boots. That there you go. That's, I think that's the common path for that degree, right? Yep. So I, uh, I started a little kind of a flea market boot store uh, when I was 22 years old. And buying boots from local boot stores out of their back room, the stuff they couldn't get rid of, taking it to a flea market and selling them on the weekends. And before I know it, I'm making 100 grand a year working Friday, Saturday, and Sunday at 23 years old selling boots. So I had to screw that up by opening stores. You know, now, you know, I kind of look at my life and I thought, you know, I really not self-actualizing here. I'm, I'm, I've got a college degree, I'm a fairly bright kid, and I'm working at a flea market next to a dude with no leg and a straw hat selling caramel corn. So I thought... Row tied on that. <laughs> row tied. Yeah. Right. I'm hanging out with Joe Dirt every weekend. But I'm having fun, I'm making money. But, you know, I've got to open stores because that's the next progression there. So I did. <clears throat> took on a partner. Long story short, we ended up open, uh, having about five stores, uh, pretty successful here in the Orlando market. Got a little bit of a name, uh, you know, on the radio quite a bit doing, uh, doing our commercials. I had a, uh, I was also the lead singer of a country band to complicate things further back then. I, I had a little country band that we were uh, pretty in demand. We played the hottest nightclub uh, in Orlando every Saturday night called Eight Seconds. It was a three-acre bar in downtown Orlando with live bull riding. We had a store there. Um, Why did they get rid of I, such epic places like that? Yeah, they did. I, you know, it's it's silly because I know the owners very well. I talked to the, one of the owners yesterday, and this has been 20 years ago. Um, you know, those things have their shelf life. They run about five or six years, and then, you know, the model there is you, you, you build it up, and then you sell it to a group of doctor investors, and then they tube it, and then you walk away with the money. I think that's what happened there. Gotcha. Um, Gotcha. So that's that's the business model for a country bar, by the way. Gotcha. Well, let me interrupt you. Yes. Keep going, but yeah, that sounds awesome. No, please interrupt me. I don't want to. I don't feel like, want to feel like I'm giving a Hamlet a Hamlet type soliloquy here. Uh, <laughs> don't even yeah, try to. I'm better. Greg. Stick to the get her duns. All right. I'm, be, I'm better. <laughs> don't try to quote did Hamlet. You, did you have your boots up in the World Wide Web? <laughs> <laughs> you know that came about uh, right about at. at yeah, right about the time we opened our first store, the World Wide Web <clears throat> came about. But nobody was really selling anything on it. We were just trying to figure out how to how to how to use it on that. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, 
looking back, I know you guys are big on what would a younger, uh, what would you tell your younger self? Um, looking back, I probably would have dived into that internet idea that that Al Gore came up with and and really uh, really maximized that time um, because people that did, I mean, the people, first few, you know, if I would have just bought boots. Cowboyboots.com, I could have been rich, right, or something like that. So, we did we did sell some on the internet back then, but not not nearly like it could be. And now I'd be afraid to open any brick and mortar store like that because uh, the because of the internet, it's too easy, you know. But that was a lifestyle. I mean, if I when I think about that, I look back, it was all the roaring nineties. I was you know lead singer of a band. I was a, you know I had a little popularity in town. It was it was awesome. I knew all the radio guys. It, uh, every night was a party, but the whole time I was looking for my wife, you know, and, and, and not, a, you know, to make, we can make jokes about those days, but every, every situation I'm looking for my wife, you know, I was single. And, uh, so we, we were pretty successful in, in the, in the late nineties and really in our stride there with that. And then in walks the most beautiful woman I'd ever seen in my life to one of my stores on a on a, just a regular Saturday in my life. And I looked at her and I said, can I help you with anything? You know, she, her, she came in with her dad and her stepmom. They were looking to buy a cowboy hat. And she said, oh, I'm just looking for a hat to uh, go to a bar tonight with my father. He wants to take me to eight seconds. Now, first thing I said to her, I said, can I help you? She looked at me and said, I'm looking for a hat. I said, you're beautiful. Very cliche. <laughs> We've all done that. I get it. But I, it was it was so genuine. I was not like, "Hey, honey, you're beautiful," you know, like the, you know, the slick guy. But uh, you weren't so, even trying to be slick. It just came out. I wasn't. It was just. It was that moment in life where you look back and you go, "That was a poignant moment in your life. That was the quintessential defining moment of my uh, what would become my family." It's just you know, I was over. I didn't know what else to say. She turned around like, oh, "Wow." So anyway. Then, you know, of course, then I turn into Mr. Slick. Uh, hey, you're coming to, uh, actually, if you're going to that bar, I'm the lead singer. Honey, uh, come see me. So <laughs> she did. She did. And uh, the whole night I'm on stage singing uh, the country songs, George Strait. And, uh, uh, by the way, Craig, you'll love this. The, the bar owner, his uh, name's John Locke, if he's listening to this, we'll send it to him. He used to get mad at me because I would play like Merle Haggard, Ernest Tubb, and all that stuff. He's like, the kids don't want to hear that crap. They want to dance to Boots, Goot, Boogie, and Watermelon Crawl. So I used to get in trouble for him. So we're about to kick off on a song, and I'm looking in the crowd everywhere for her that night. All of a sudden, there she is. And it's almost like, you know, in the movie I'm going to write about this, the crowd parted. She just walked across the dance floor there, and the spotlight hit her. But I stopped the band, introduced everybody to her. She hates the spotlight. She hates the public. You know, she just, she just wants to be behind the scenes of anything. And uh, introduced her to the whole bar uh, from the stage and then sang her a song and then chased her for 18 solid months before we got married <clears throat> after that. So that's, nice. uh, that's, that's, that's my story of up to that point, up to 1999 wow. or 2002 when we got married. And just for the record, for the listeners, Laura is a thousand times hotter than Greg. So it, it, that explains oh, yeah. that. That explains the, the uh, reason why she's with him is the fact that maybe the fact that he owned a boot store at that age and was lead singer sang to her. and sang to her, you know. That's how I have, got her. Yeah, that's how yeah. you got her. How you kept yeah. her, we don't know. How I kept her is, yeah, she just has good values and doesn't want to break a promise. That's right. Her heart's, yeah. bigger, than, her heart's <laughs> bigger than her head. That's all we can explain right. with that. <laughs> Thank you, Clark. <laughs> <laughs> 
So that's uh, that. That's my success story. Now comes the we get married, pregnant on our honeymoon, uh, which was fabulous, by the way. Italy, France, mm, uh, it, nice. yeah, awesome. Seventeen days. Uh, actually, back up a little bit. I proposed to her in Hawaii. I took her to Hawaii, um, and you know we were weren't engaged yet. We were just you know pretty hot and heavy and I proposed to her on a sailboat off the coast of uh, Diamond Head so she was pretty special and I wanted to make this the most special in, uh, uh, proposal that, that you could imagine so did that so we get married go on a honeymoon she gets pregnant on our honeymoon we come back have a boy two years later have a girl everything's great it's about 2006 still own the boot stores uh, that's my, th- that, you know, and now I'm going to work with a different mindset. Kind of boring, but by, by the way, after that, it's going to work because <laughs> I used to go to work to have fun and party, and you know, now I'm going to work to actual for actual business. So we had built a uh, strip center as one of for one of our stores. That was one of the smartest things I've ever done um, at the time, and I didn't have any means to do that. Looking back, I don't even still don't know how we did it. You know, I borrowed a ton of money. Built this 12,000-square-foot strip center. We leased out 8,000 to others, and we kept 4,000 for our store. And it was the, a smart financial model, man. We were, our tenants were paying our, our mortgage on, on whatever. So one day, it hit me. And I don't know if God, I'm a Christian. I don't know if God was intervening in, in this for my, you know, my, just to kind of keep me uh, on the straight. But one day it hit me that I want to sell everything. I want to sell this entire company. I want to sell this strip center, and I want to just liquidate. Not liquidate it, but sell it. Everything's going great. And I don't know why it hit me, but it did. And that was about 2007. Ooh, wow. It was 2000. Good. So think of how smart that was yeah. and how stupid I am. So it wasn't smart. I was just lucky, right? Because I didn't say, hey, I see all the uh, indicators, and I'm watching the you know the ticker symbols, and I, I know this is going to crack. I had no – boy, as far as I know, whoever was buying us was going to just really get rich. So I sold it in 2007. Had a pile of money uh, for me, for uh, you know, for us, for as you know, not a pile to some, but it was a pile to me. And then the market crashed. Boom! Uh, I had the uh, the money invested in some really, <laughs> some really sketchy real estate uh, at the time too. That it's the profit that I made. So lost pretty much everything. Um, now I've got a family, um, and, and I've lost everything, and really haven't ever used my college degree and so now what do I do right so back here comes the uh the music part of the story I guess uh I was used to not going to work and for anybody in my lifetime I've never had a w-2 position in my life <clears throat> so I get an insurance license and you know a buddy of mine came to me and, and asked me to do that and he said he could you know, I, I guess they all, everybody that knows me, I guess knows I can sell. I guess if you meet my wife, you know I can sell, right? Right, exactly. By the way, that's, <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's like, you'd be great at it. I'm like, ah, insurance is so stupid. You know, you hear this all the time too mm-hmm. from from our colonial guys. You know, insurance is boring. I'm not. A, I've been, you know, I, I've I've traveled the country with Larry the Cable Guy, and I've been on stages. I've been on stage with Brad Paisley. I've been on stage with Garth Brooks Band. I'm not an insurance guy. I'm a I'm a I'm a fun guy. So anyway, I get, you know, got to do what you got to do. I get a license, start selling individual life insurance, and that guy I ain't, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right. I mean, I, 
that guy. That's that guy, you know, calling your friends and your family. Which is, by the way, I look back now, that is, I'm not going to disparage that, because that is noble. And I think as I'm older now, as I'm older now, a little more bold toward that, I think I could look uh, look at people and say, you need to protect your family with life insurance and not be ashamed of that like I used to be. I used to be like, you know, that conversation back then when you're when you need it is, I need to sell you life insurance so I can get a commission, right? Yep. Now, once you've once you've made it a little bit in the insurance industry, you can look at them and say, I don't care about the commission. That's going to come from stuff I sold ten years ago. You need to protect your family, right? Right. So that's that's the right. good thing about insurance to me. Um, it's what what does Glenn Pierce say? The great Glenn Pierce. Um, you know, they, they the first five years they underpay you, then they overpay you for the rest of your career. Yep, that's insurance. Yeah, so especially colonial. Exactly, and he said it specifically about colonial. Yep. So, yeah, I, I I floundered in that individual market, and then here comes another uh, God moment. I'm at church one day in Windermere, Florida, where we live. And I'm sitting right now about a mile from that very place where it happened. And I hear uh, Trey Meehan, who you guys both know, and yep. who I guess a, a lot of people who would listen to this podcast know. Um, I hear him say, you know, Trey, Trey says a lot, so you got to kind of, you got to kind of imagine <laughs> I'm kind of tuning a lot of this out. And I, hear, I hear the words 215 license. And I go, huh, I got one of them. I wonder what he's up to. Because I always knew Trey to be a smart guy. Didn't know him that well. He was in our class. You know, back then, he, he's he got his own story. <laughs> he was strolling. He was worth, you know, quite a bit of money on paper. And the same stuff happened to him. But he he can tell his own story one day. So I knew by by being in the Sunday school class with Trey that he's a smart guy. And uh, so I thought, I, I'm always going to listen to smarter people. That's another thing that, you know, we can all learn in life. Mm-hmm. Listen to those smarter than you. Yep. And Pretty he said the word me. too. Yeah, me too. Right. I just went out and talked to the garbage man, and it was really insightful. <laughs> so he he said the words two fifteen license to somebody, and I stopped. And I go, "What are you talking about two fifteen license? I got one of them." He goes, "Well, they're recruiting me to open an agency for this Colonial Life. I, mean, I never heard of them. Colonial Pen. That sounds good. Alex Trebek. Well, let's you know, let's do that." So he said, "No, Colonial Life." Um, I said, "I still never heard of it. Whatever." So he said, just come to a recruiting thing that, I, that they've got me going to. So I said, all right. So we do it the next week, and there's Lynn Carrera. <laughs> and she's, they got this, uh, this hotel lobby all So You know how it is. They got the projector up. They're telling you how, you know, recruiting for Colonial. And, you know, it's, I've, I've seen a lot of stuff like that. It seemed okay to me, you know, what she was talking about. And I didn't have anything else to do. I hated the individual market. wasn't making any money, so I said, "Let's do it." So Trey and I started. Trey started. He was became the DGA, you know, and I was his Gilligan. <laughs> so we didn't know. I still didn't know what I was doing. They made me an ADM, whatever acronym. I didn't care what the acronym was. I didn't know what the acronym was. So Trey and I are sitting there in a in a house that we had that he had rented. Because by the way, he's the DGA. He's got to pay all the bills. I liked that part of the deal, right? I didn't have to invest anything. I was just there. So he had a little better vision, I guess. So uh, we're sitting there in a house that he had rented and furniture that we had both went and picked up from somebody and loaded up this place. And they were sitting there looking at each other like, okay, now what? We've got to make phone calls, I guess. And so I, you know, that was never my thing. So one day he gets a call from 
the territory manager at the time, which was Lynn, who had recruited him and me, said, this guy needs, uh, this broker needs help with an enrollment. It's 400 people, 17 locations, three languages. It needs to be done. It's full core. Can you, that means we have to do everything for the enrollment, you know, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about. Um, can you guys handle it? It's me and Trey. Trey said, yes. <laughs> I was going, what? Of course. So yep. that's a fusic moment because everyone said we couldn't do that. <laughs> uh, that's a fusic right there. So uh, I, I hate saying long story short too often because I don't want to blather on. But long story short, I didn't know how to open. I didn't know how to turn a laptop on. Right. I haven't learned much more about that since then. As you guys know, setting this uh, little remote uh, broadcast up. Thank uh, God for Laura. Exactly. Mm-hmm. My beautiful wife uh, just set this all up for me. So I, he said literally, and I'm not even, this is not even part of, the, of, the, uh, of building up this story. He opened the laptop, and I said, which button do you push to open it, to turn it on? He showed me the little round button up top. So I go, okay. I'd never used a laptop. I used a PC, perhaps, <laughs> but never a laptop. So turn it on. Now he's got to show Guys, me how to. By the way, this is like 2010. 11? 2011. 2011. 11. <laughs> 11. <laughs> 11. This is like hey, 1992. Man. This is 2011. Hey, all those years prior, I had people doing stuff for me, man. There you, I was, go. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Hey, speaking of Larry the Cable Guy, you want to say he wouldn't know how to do anything? That guy's had people doing stuff for him for 20 years. <laughs> and I mean, <laughs> so we'll talk about him later. Um, so anyway. Now he says, you have to enroll these people. And they're like, what does that even mean, enroll these people? He said, you got to go over their benefits with them and, uh, and, and be the expert on their health, dental, vision, and then we offer our colonial products to them. I'm like, well, I know about the colonial products, but I don't know. So spent time cramming, sitting up all night reading uh, this stuff. You know, back then, <laughs> had to really study for a full-core uh, enrollment. I'm like, oh, yeah. Deductibles and copays. Uh, let's see, a copay is this and a deductible is that. Okay, I got it. So, learned it, learned it in about four days, uh, three, three or four days. Start the enrollment. Just, we just absolutely flawlessly killed this enrollment because um, I didn't know any better. All, you know, we had like several outside people come in to help us, and I was so I, I, I pretty much beat everybody there except for the one guy who trained me for about twenty minutes, named. Ron Sadovsky, good guy, good, great colonial guy back in his day. Uh, uh, I guess if if you look back fifteen years ago, he is what I he was what I am now in this territory. I guess he's pretty much the the, the leader when it comes to numbers in that in that uh, role. So he taught me for about twenty minutes. I watched him. And I go, I got this. Get it? We killed that enrollment. Um, that gave us you know the boost we needed in the agency. Started recruiting some really good people um, back then. Some of the people that would that would just really positively influence our agency, um, and then uh, you know the rest is history. So, and 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 from that, he said, "You don't need to be doing anything else but enrolling because you really did a good job on that." And that's all I did. Uh, it's all I've done for seven straight years. Um, you know, what's the we talk about this, Craig? You and I uh, success is finding something you're good at and doing it every day. That's right, and that's. That's what I've done now. By, now, nope. by the way, having having lost everything in the year two thousand eight or nine, I'm sitting in my dream house overlooking uh, 
a property that leads to the Butler Chain of Lakes, which is the most premier lakes in Florida, uh, overlooking with, with uh, looking over my pool at it, and uh, my family has never been happier. So that's cheers, cheers that's, to that, that's my story. Yes, sir. That's my that's yep. my story in a in a little bit of a nutshell. <clears throat> that's awesome. It's incredible. Wow. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good zingers in there. A lot of good. One liners, the Roaring Nineties, the Roaring Nineties, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, every day looking for my wife, I'm, that's pretty good. It's a little yeah. romantic, buddy. It's a it little is, romantic, yeah. you know, for me. But uh, <laughs> listen to those smarter than you. Yeah. Uh, first five years underpay you, then overpay you for the rest of your life. That was a really good one, man. And, and really I gave Glenn Pierce the credit for yeah, that because yeah, he said yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, dude. Take what you're uh, good at and do it every day. Yep. Yep. That's, I think that's a Craig Miller, I, I think. <laughs> so, other than um, the www.buybootsnow.com, yep. Yep. What would you tell a 22 year old Greg Batten? Lay off the butter. Lay off the butter? <laughs> yeah, you are fat now. Jeez. I'm getting fat. But I carry it well. I don't want the people that don't know me to think I'm some fat guy. I, I, I like. I I'm want. overweight, but I carry it well. My beard is very gray. <laughs> you got to see my beard right now, Greg. I, I want to send you a picture of my beard. You, you have to. Well, I've got a fat gray beard going. One of the one of the times I look forward to the most every year is um, it's kind of become a tradition now, um, but. My, I take my dad, Greg and I are, are lucky enough and you know to be able to share some hunting land in beautiful South Carolina and every year we make sure that no matter where I'm at in the country we we get a weekend plan where we're we're there together and when I say we have a hunting camp it's a I think it's about a 20 by 20 you know rectangle brick house with three bedrooms and a hard floor and you know three couches and a TV you know and half a kitchen so it's not anything yeah. extravagant, but the land that we have is just unbelievably beautiful. And it's you know, we got acres. Chris Frawley, and I always bring my dad, and you know, and usually there's a couple other old country boys up there, and it's just a weekend of barely hunting, but sitting around, you know, having a couple bourbons and, and talking, you know, and, and just reminiscing. And it's always a trip that I look forward to every year, and I'm looking forward to as I get older, hopefully being able to do it more than just once a year. But you know, I'm looking forward Heck to that yeah. the, the weekend before we Thanksgiving. Need- so. We need you up there more, uh, more, Craig. I, in fact, you know, can do. I, get, I could go on for hours about the insurance industry and how great it is. One of the great things is I'm packed up and loaded right now and heading there this afternoon <laughs> to South Carolina. That's right. So, <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Hey, I looked around. I, I watched that schedule. If nobody's begging me to do something on a Friday, I'm gone. So my son and I are going up there. When he gets off school about three o'clock, we'll be there. We'll hunt. we'll be hunting tomorrow morning, brother. And it's go. gonna be fifty two to fifty two degrees, slight north wind. Oh, man! But you know, and that's the reason why I say that is because because of Colonial, you know, that's why you and I are such good friends. That's why I know yep. Chris Frawley. That's why we know yep. all the guys in the hunting camp, which has yep. led to more relationships and more people around the country have gotten jobs because of that. You know, and it, it all stems back to enjoying what you do and. My takeaway is, guys, if, if you're listening to this and, and you're not enjoying what you do and you're not being able to have a life and you're not seeing the vision or the end tunnel, the light end tunnel for how your life's going to be with what you're currently doing, do something different. 
why are you still doing it? Because absolutely, if you can't enjoy, it, you're not on this world. You know, you're not in this world long enough to not enjoy something. And I'm not saying that you, it's not hard work because it's absolutely a grind. And like Greg said, you're going to put you know three to five years into absolutely grinding. And you're going to still work very hard after that. But you have to yes. enjoy it, and you have to know that there's a, a light at the end of the tunnel, and you have to know where you're going and what you're trying to get to, and 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 also what is your passion? And for me, it was always helping other people have a career, and and that is something that I, I if I if I die today, I hope people, you know, at my funeral talk about the fact that I helped them have a career, helped them ha- feed their family, and, and that's what I want to be known for. You know, if, if before anything else, as far as career goes, you know, obviously a family man, a man of God comes first, but. If I could be known as a professional for anything else, it'd be that I help someone have a career and help someone have a better life than they were having before on the career side. And you know, and that's something that Colonial does and has done through so many different channels. And it's not just a recruiting effort. It's not just a resume dialing. It's it's just going out and telling the story. You know, last night my wife and I were sitting at a bar having dinner. And we just you know we met because I got off work a little later and, and I said, hey, let's just let's just grab something to eat right here at the, you know the poorhouse right by. Um, the apartment and she said okay so we go in you know have a little meal and, and next to me there's two guys that sell roofs got to talking to them they were not happy with their job I listened to them for about 20 minutes they were you know complaining and bitching about their job and so obviously with me being as passionate as I am about Colonial I started talking to them and then I could tell the bartender was working her butt off and she was great and she was just killing it so I asked her I said hey are you tired of working nights and weekends and she said oh my gosh if I could get out of here I would and I said, well, give me a call. We started talking. So there's three people right there that are all going to sit down with me in the next two weeks simply because they're not happy where they are. I heard them and, and showed them how happy I was you know, at my job, and that, that's all it was. I, they don't even know who I work for. They have no idea. Just, hey, I really enjoy what I do. I'm looking for somebody. That's it. Nine, that's awesome. It's amazing how many people yep. don't enjoy what they do. So Nine out of ten people, nine out of ten people don't enjoy what they do. And I think part of that, though, Craig, is they don't—they don't even understand what they actually they enjoy and don't enjoy. So I think first and foremost is if you're in a situation where you don't know or you're unhappy with what you're doing, take a step back and reevaluate what you actually you're looking for. You know, what do you want your vision? What do you want the blueprint of your life to look like? Um, and then once that happens, good things are gonna—good things are gonna come. So like with Batten, going back to your story, searching for your wife. I bet a lot of things are great in life, but the minute you met Laura and you guys had a relationship, I feel like that's things kind of came full circle and, and was put together for you. Absolutely. It, you know, because you started off saying I was looking for my wife, and I, that's such an important message because that's what you wanted. And I, I, for some reason or another, we don't need to get all into it, but that that, that started just everything, you know. And I, yeah, I always thought it once I found. My wife, what I was looking for. Who's incredible else, also. Everything else around. Are. Yeah, she is. She keeps me on my toes. Everything yeah. else around me was going to work out. You know, and I think we all have to do that, is figure out what, what it is that we're looking for. What do we want in life? Craig, you, uh, you said it, passion. What are our passions? And then from there, we can figure out what we want to do. Yep. So I love it. That, that's, that's important, it, everybody. The Bible has a lot. Not that I'm some scholar, but the Bible has a lot to say about a good, good woman. And you know, is a blessing. Is is the blessing? You know, the Bible doesn't speak. You know, it's pretty clear. A good woman is the. And I don't. I can't tell you the exact quote, uh, but. <laughs> 
a good woman is a, is the blessing to a man, and, and it, but it says it more eloquently than that, and that's true, man. Without that, I mean, think about that. All three of us take our wives away, and we're doing our life. You know, we're, oh, no. we're running our life. Go make a lot of bad decisions, and we never have. Yeah, we're not doing this show at seven a.m. because we were no. out until two. You know, exactly. Exactly. Or, or I'm offshore. Or I'm offshore fishing eighty miles for uh, for uh, swordfish last night or something. You know, that, yeah. Nope, it, the exactly biggest blessing right. we all have is, is not our job or our money; it's our wives. There is no doubt about that. There is absolutely no doubt about that. They keep us there. I think Katie's the only reason I'm still alive, to be honest. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> for every for everyone who said I couldn't get Laura. There. That's right. Well, that is. Your, I was. I was going to say that at the end is that that is you your fusig. You. You know. I can promise you. There's a lot of people that still question how you keep Laura, and you know we'll we'll keep it PC here. But she, you know she is she is an awesome woman. Casey's incredible. Obviously, uh, I'm biased towards Katie. Um, she she kicks y'all's wife's ass, but I love them too. So, and uh, dude, all three of us, I, all three. I would of hope us, so. Really, yeah, I, mean, I would hope so. We got issues. We got issues if you don't agree with that. That's right. If you don't believe that. Right. That's right. We, we sound like we're sitting here, here as I'm sitting here looking at her new Alabama roll tie button that she ordered and sitting on the oh kitchen table here. So I'm, huh. I, mean, I love her despite that. I mean, but damn, yeah. they're good this year. They are. Very- I honestly think they could beat like the like the Cleveland, and I'm not even kidding. I think they could beat the Bucks. Tampa <laughs> I really do. I was going to say, say don't, crazy. don't say don't say Cleveland. Cleveland no, I, is, I had to uh, change. Yeah, I had to yeah. change from that. But I think they could beat the, the, the Bucks this year. I, and I'm not kidding. I think if they lined up, um, they would certainly be ahead in the fourth quarter. They might get worn down a little bit after that, but I, I think they could beat them. It's depressing. Yeah, I, think I know they could good. beat Auburn. I think that's oh, an analogy. The last team to beat Bama, though, was Auburn. We got the bracket rights right. on them for another month. That's right. And you know, who beat that, that? you know who beat that team? The last team to beat the the team that beat Auburn, I mean Alabama and Georgia, is the UCF Knights, which is located about twenty five miles behind me. That's not true. The, we beat Alabama they and beat, Georgia last year. And then, uh, and then the last team to do it was UCF. They beat y'all. <laughs> they oh, beat they Auburn. beat us. Yeah, they did. <laughs> yes. They did. Yeah. Uh, who yes. cares? In the Peach Bowl. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I hear. Hey, uh, I hear a lot of UCF chatter, man, around here. Trust no, me, I'm an they, and they deserve boy, it, man. They're good. They do. I mean, I'm starting to listen to the chatter. That's good. Hey, let's turn this into a sports show. Maybe. Right? Let's I like it. Great. <laughs> then we'll man. do a fishing show. Yeah, well, that, that sounds good. Hey, man, Greg, <laughs> I appreciate you coming on, buddy. Um, obviously, an awesome job as we expected. Thanks for your time, and uh, God bless y'all, and hopefully we'll get to see you soon before the hunting camp even. Yes, sir. I love you guys. Thank you. Awesome. For all Thank you, you guys. Fusik, a podcast for everyone who said I couldn't. <laughs>